Another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canella, alongside the man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how's it going? I'm good, but uh, you forgot something critical on your introduction there. Oh, what's that? Uh, it's, it's our 70th episode this evening. Oh, yes, 70 episodes. And uh, wow, 70 episodes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, and we're we're still um, we're still five months shy of uh, or four months shy, I should say, of two years. So I haven't spoken to you in a week. Uh, <laughs> no, um, oh. you're just behind in terms of uploading shows. You have to be a little quicker <laughs> with that. Uh, no. Um, uh, we, we recorded our Money in the Bank reactions. Yeah, yes, we night. did. I'm just messing with you. Uh, yes, yes, you no are. No selling, no selling. Oh, yes, <laughs> before we went on the before we went on the air, I I t- told Elio a joke, and he he just he didn't get it. It kind of flew over his head. No, I got it. I just didn't sell it. Yes, yes, yes. Keep telling yourself that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what um, what really could be considered a joke was WWE television this week. Oh, and um, we will have a somewhat abbreviated show for you this evening, given that we uh we did a bonus one last night. Um, but uh, we should tell the uh, listeners ahead of time. Uh, n- neither one of us had the patience to uh, to sit down and watch SmackDown. So, for the first time ever, we will be skipping a SmackDown review out of protest because that show com- completely sucks. Yeah. Okay. So we will we tonight. Tonight's lineup is Raw, AEW, NXT. Dark Side of the Ring, uh, Undertaker, Documentary, Part 1. And if there's still time at the end, we are going to fire up the DeLorean. It's been a while. Yes, it has. And uh, so it just depends on, on how long it takes you to uh, do your parts of the review, because mine are going to be uh, so, somewhat short. So, All right, so we see we get into it on Monday Night Raw. Cool. Once again, 
and I'm getting really tired of these, uh, I'm getting really tired of these, um, you know, no crowd shows. This, this quarantine error is not going well for me. Um, so the first segment of the night had Becky Lynch announcing that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And and here and here's the thing, right? So on on one hand, it's I'm extremely happy for you know Rebecca Quinn, the woman behind the Becky Lynch character, um, and I I think it's going to be a really good thing to have her um, off the uh, off the air for a while because if you, if you think about it. You know, there's really nothing else that Becky Lynch can do. I mean, she um, she's had a near historic title run. He, he, just looking at the numbers, but I mean, like if um, if I'm being honest, and Elio, you know what a big fan of Becky Lynch I am. Um, but I uh, I just haven't been impressed with uh, this title run. So it, it was it was done more for the sake of calling it historic than, um, than it actually was. But from a, from a human perspective, I'm, I'm very uh, pleased for, um, for Becky because, you know, the, obviously that's, that's a huge announcement. And, um, you know, speaking of the announcement itself, when it, when it was announced, um, you know, I think, I don't think Asuka knew about it because, you know, uh, this was, of course, after she got done jumping around like a jack-in-the-box after being awarded. I liked title. it. I liked that. That was funny. But, but, yeah, I mean, it was funny, but but the but the reaction that was really touching to me was how how heartfelt she was in, in terms of her reaction when she when she found out yeah. that he was, was pregnant. So yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was cool. I like that. That was that was very heartwarming and very um, very legitimate and touching. Um, so so yeah, I I'm ecstatic for her. But here here's what I here's what I don't like about um, about how WWE handled this on on many like, on many different levels. I think they they, they just went completely overboard. Um, with this announcement. One, because we had to hear about it 77 times uh, throughout the show. Um, it seemed like every 15 minutes they were uh, they were mentioning Becky Lynch. And I get it. It's, it's a big story. I just don't need to hear about it, um, you know, 77 times. Um and then, and then the, other, the other part is, and I mentioned this a little bit uh, last night, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have to strip her of of the championship, which they obviously had to do, you know, why not have a tournament of some sort um, for um, for the championship? I don't I don't like people just being awarded championships, and then of course. Come to come to find out, the Money in the Bank match was for the championship, but yet we didn't know that. So I, I felt like the Money in the Bank ladder match on 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 the on the women's side kind of got cheapened because 
what did it really mean, especially if we didn't know about it ahead of time. So it's just kind of kind of weird for me. Um, but then, so obviously Becky's announcement would would have been the high point for me. Um, but the rest of this show, outside of um, outside of um, that, was just completely um, completely terrible, to tell you the truth. Um, actually, the site that I'm using uh, to run through the results ranked this show a three point five out of ten. And I, I agree with him. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that again. But uh, the, the, abs- the absolute low point uh, for me of this show was, um, was uh, oh, where, where is it? Oh, yes. Um, our, our truth, uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander versus... MVP's news table with Shane Thorne and Brendan Banks. I just don't give a fuck. Well, do they have a name for this new stable now? Um, I I don't I don't know. Oh, and then, uh, and then of course, anytime Jinder Mahal was interviewed, that's a that's a low point. So I just <laughs> I didn't care about that. Apparently, I heard they're gonna turn him face. Oh I God! I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Well, anything would be better than what he is now because it's just, it's just, no. I mean, the title run was a failure. You know, you can see the upcoming feud with uh, Drew McIntyre a a mile away, which I think is absolute crap. Um, You know, but but then, you know, if I, if I had to give it another high point, I would have, I would have said that the only other thing I enjoyed um, with that was um, was uh, Seth Rollins going batshit crazy on um, Rey Mysterio and quote unquote injuring his eye. So I I enjoyed that. Um, I I don't know about you, man, but what what do you before we move on? I I did want to ask your your opinion about something. what did you What did you think of um, Edge and Randy Orton's feud? Apparently, that's going to continue uh, at uh, the next uh, pay per view. Right. I don't know. I don't know if we need to still see that. I thought it was uh, the. I thought WrestleMania was supposed to be the end. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. And I mean, the the match itself is okay. I mean, it just went too long and and lost its luster. And I just and, and I I understand why people said it was one of the worst of, of all time WrestleMania matches because it it really wasn't a match. It was just kind of a cinematic thing, and the approach was cool, but it just went too too damn long. Mm-hmm. But you know, but that being that being said, if that was going to be billed as you know the the last thing, and then you have this negative reaction, and no one wants to see it again, doing it again, you know, two months later isn't isn't really going to help matters. So yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what to feel about that, but that's my take on Monday Night Raw. What are your what are your high and low points for the show? All right, so you're asking me for my high points. 
your highs and low points, yeah. All right. So, actually, one high point I had was the return of the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy I God. like that. You have to be joking me. It's, I'm joking you. It's just... Uh, that return was... The, it was just terrible. Come terrible, on. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, you don't like Billy Kane, Pete Royce? Uh, no, no, the, the, the gimmick doesn't work for me. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Hoops doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, Pete no. Royce and Billy Kane. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I need assistance here. <laughs> okay, so what was your what was your low point? Okay, so um, I you know what? I don't know if um. Okay, again, they're making the characters are well lose on Raw and win on NAC. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it just that that baffles all sense of logic. It just. So now, hold on. Actually, um, that that Seth Rollins spot. I thought that was a main event. Apparently, Shayna Baszler and Natalia were the main event. Oh God! Well, any main event with with Natalia and it give give me a fucking Advil PM and knock me knock me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things that really uh, irritates me, and I I I understand it. You know, Natalia's been there a long time. She's a very nice person. It seems like. Um, but you know, me having to hear the commentators constantly call them, call her a cornerstone of the division. Give me a break, really. I mean, just give me a break. She might be that behind the scenes. She might be very helpful to the to the ladies. You know, she might contribute some things we we don't see. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from her there. But I'm talking about on screen presentation. When was the last time she was relevant? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't really. Uh, I gave my high point right there, and I gave my low point. I can't really pick up anything else because I'm just tired of Monday Night Raw. It's the same thing every week. Yeah, it's god awful. So, uh, out of out of ten, what would you rank it? I'm gonna agree with that website. I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a two point five. It's terrible. Okay. All right, uh, now I think we'll move on to NXT. We'll give my co-host a break before uh, before getting into AEW. Wonderful. All right, so on to NXT. My highlight for me was the first match. Uh, we had Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel Imperium uh, defeating Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. I like, I like that idea because, 
you know, with um, with Pete Dunn being out of the equation because of uh, coronavirus tra uh, travel restrictions, you know, it just doesn't make sense to to you know keep the titles on Matt Riddle and somebody else. So now, now you said that Tom, you didn't watch this, but uh, you read it about it. Well, yeah, I, I read about okay, so it. Okay, so you know about Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle then after? Yes. Okay, yeah. So uh, at the end of the, that match, uh, Timothy Thatcher still walks out, which is uh, the reason why they lost the titles. And uh, so um, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher bookended uh, NXT this week. They started out in tag team action, and uh, the end of the show had Matt Riddle defeating Thatcher. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I I really enjoy Matt Riddle. I do. So, I I think he's but great. My my low point, I think, is is uh, Tegan Knox in the Hartwell. Well, yeah, actually, um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. Like as much as like Aaliyah is uh, is a low point. She's been a low point for years. Like I've said on the past show. Yeah. So I just the the problem. It, with me and why I haven't been watching NXT particularly is because I'm not saying that wrestling is bad because I don't think anything uh, in association with NXT can be considered outright bad. But it's just, of all the brands, I feel like that's the brand that benefits the most from crowd interaction because that crowd makes NXT what it is. Yep. And the fact that it that it's just completely dead, I just I can't get emotionally invested in, um, you know, because as we've gone into Raw and SmackDown would suck if there was a crowd there or not. So that really doesn't matter. But you know, NXT needs the crowd as it's like lifeblood. Now I have a question for you: Is Finn Balor a heel or a face? He's a heel. Mm, okay, because apparently this week he, um, his attacker was revealed on NXT, and uh, the person who attacked him was a uh, demon priest. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting because you know, I, th uh, I thought I thought Damian Priest was a heel, but um, <laughs> right. Then again, that's why I'm asking you: Is uh, Finn Balor heel or face? Because uh, <laughs> that was who attacked him. <laughs> I just, you know, I like Damien Priest, but I can't figure out what his character is supposed to be. I know. I, I still haven't figured that out. Uh, we had two Cruiserweight tournament matches. Jake Atlas defeating Tony Nese and um, Jack Geller defeating uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Well, that surprises me with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, Losing. I also I kind of don't understand the round robin aspect of the tournament. Like I just, what's the point of people taking losses if it's a tournament? Right. So that's um pretty much uh, my NXT uh, review for this week. Uh, we're gonna turn it. No, actually, we are going to go into commercial. Then we will come back with Ben's review of AEW. So stay tuned for that.
ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our AEW portion of the show. And uh, once again, as with the Raw review and NXT, we are going to give you the high and low points of the show. Um, and uh, for me, the uh, the high point was uh, let me let me just pull up the results here, just so I get this proper. Um, so the high point for me was. Um, where was it? Oh, yeah. Yes, here we go. Uh, Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, I thought that that uh, match was was very well laid out and um, and a good follow-up to the uh, to the street fight from last last week. I'm glad to see that nobody nearly died. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Lewis has uh, gotten into my liquor cabinet somehow. I don't know what's going on here, but how can this be a high end point? Uh, well, because I I enjoyed it. Fine, go ahead. I mean, you even enjoyed Matt Hardy biting his opponent's ear. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's come it's, on. It's, are you serious with everything that's going on? <laughs> And no, you, you no, enjoyed no, that because it, it, it was a play off of Mike Tyson coming. It doesn't in. matter in 2020. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. This is why I this is why I drink. Let's see. This is this is this is nothing more than sweet revenge for your high point on Raw being the goddamn iconics. Ain't my high point on Raw? Let me tell you something, sir. My high point on Raw was. Oh my God! <laughs> Will you please? How many goddamn times are you gonna hit that button during the show? But anyway, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I thought this was my portion of the, go ahead. Uh, of oh, the go show that, this evening, and um, and also the other the other high point was the. Um, the announcement made by Jericho, um, like the, with the empty stadium uh, uh, stampede match. I'm, I'm I did like that. That was that was cool. Now, um, I don't know what a what a stadium stampede match is. <laughs> no, no I, well, I don't think anybody does because we've never heard of it before. But, um, but um, okay, you know what? Have you ever seen stampede wrestling? Uh, yes. Did you catch the Stampede reference, wrestling reference? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was cool. That's the first thing I caught, got out of that promo. I mean, everything that Jericho does is entertaining. I, I don't think that guy knows how not to be entertaining. I just, you know, I love that guy. Um, but um, the the low point once again, and this is becoming a running gag on the show. Uh-oh. Uh Much like Bobby Lashley's ass flex used to be. <laughs> um, the uh, the fatal four way women's match was just terrible. You don't like that? No. I like that. That was my. That's my high point. I like that one. Oh my! Oh my God! What? Where? Where's the God? Where's the mute button? 
Oh, here it is. I actually found it. <laughs> okay, very good. Oh my god. <laughs> god, your 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 opinions are usually on point, but they suck this evening. <laughs> Okay. Um, and what's your other high, uh, low point? Um. Oh, and, and uh, oh yes. Um. Let me pull the thing back up just to make sure I. Ladies and gentlemen, while my uh, co-host is uh, finding the lineup, um, I will explain why I like that fatal four-way with the women. Because Dr. Britt Baker as a face was not working for me and I didn't care. But this heel Dr. Britt Baker is doing it. This is a completely different Britt Baker that we're seeing in the ring every week. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. No, here, here I am. I, the the computer had automatically muted my thing, I, which I don't know why. I saw that it said it said unmute on your end, so I was trying to figure out why. And like, did you mute yourself? I know I didn't mute you. <laughs> okay, we're, um, we're good. All right, so you heard so you heard uh, me while I was talking while um, you were looking for the card. Yeah. Okay, so what was your other little point? So, well, aside aside from the fact that I had to hear you justify that fatal four way, uh, <laughs> the other the other low point of my evening was um, was best friends versus Jurassic Express. I just I cannot get okay. I cannot get behind the best friends. Neither can the, I. The now, now, hold on. I have a question. Doesn't work for me. I have a question. Chuck Taylor. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not. I'm not sold. Let's see. Thank you. I'm not alone. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, and, and you know the uh, orange Cassidy damn near got decapitated. Now but, hold on. There's another low point. Now I'm sure this is a low point for you as well. It has to be MJF and Lee Johnson. Oh, well, absolutely. That goes without saying. And, no, but my other one is uh, the Chris Jericho versus Shogi. That was, that's a low point because that was just a squash match there. Yeah, and I just, that was like a time filler. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so that is our, that's Ben's review of AEW this week. And now we're going to move. Over to, I believe, Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. Yes, we can do that. Or should we do the Undertaker first? No, let's do Dark Side of the Ring and then, um, and then give the Undertaker the main event spot as he deserves. Okay. All right, so Dark Side of the Ring this week. Focused on the last ride of the Road Warriors. You know, not, not the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. Exactly, and you know it was it was interesting. Speaking of of you clarifying that it was the Road Warriors, um, 
I didn't, I didn't know this, and I don't know why, but um, but the reason why their their name was changed to the Legion of Doom was because they already had um a lot of warrior references in WWE with mm-hmm. with the Ultimate Warrior. I did not know that either. So, um, so that was a that was an interesting little tidbit. I have a question for you. Since uh, you're younger than me, you were born in 1988. What was your first introduction to the Road Warriors? Um, it was um, the first. The first time I, I remember them was um, was like the very beginning of the Attitude Era, like right, um, like on the Raw after WrestleMania 14. Okay. All right, so mine uh, goes a little, goes back a little further. No, we're not taking calls on this. Uh, my uh, my introduction goes back a little further because I had a stack of wrestling magazines uh, when I was twelve years old, and we had, and um, that was uh, I only heard of them in name, so I had never really seen them. I seen pictures, but I never seen them in action. Right. Then, like around uh, seven eighty eight, we got the EWA, but I still hadn't seen them. Even though we we I was uh, getting EWA here, but then in eighty eight, we got like NWA, not WCW, but like the NWA wrestling. Right. On uh, yeah. Sunday afternoons, and um, my friend had a videotape of the Best of Starcade, a VHS on Best of Starcade, and that was my first introduction to them. Right. Well, and um, and you know they uh. I really liked how they were talking about the importance of, of tag team wrestling and how it's and just how it's 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 its own art, uh, completely separate from singles wrestling because they said it was like uh, you know two parts of a whole sum rather than like two parts of of just like separate entities. Now, okay, now my next question is, you see SummerSlam 92, have you watched that pay-per-view? Uh, no. Oh, okay, so I, what I want you to do is go back and watch it because uh, the first match on that card is the Legion of Doom versus Money Incorporated, okay? And uh, pay attention to Hawk because uh, in the in the Dark Side of the Ring, uh, they, were, they mentioned that in that, in that part of the, the <laughs> show. Sorry, I had to sneeze. My bad. They had to um, in that part of the show. They mentioned some or something too. How Hawk was really out of it, like even before the match. So go back in and watch it because I didn't know that, and I saw this pay per view when it aired because this was the first pay per view I had uh, bought. Yeah, and um. And they said, and uh, Animal was saying how he was nervous because they had to they had to ride the motorcycles down to the ring, and um, and yeah, apparently apparently Hawk was very uh, very messed up, and he got um, and he kind of got wrapped up in the uh, steroid and drug aspect of uh, of wrestling that was so prominent at that time. Um, 
And you know, it was just kind of sad because I knew I I knew that um, Hawk had had you know drug issues, um, but um, but I did I didn't realize it was that bad because you know I was really young at the time, and you know so it was just it was just very interesting uh, learning about the uh, the different layers of the, the relationship between. Uh, him and Animal, like, because Animal came across as, like, the older brother kind of guy, where it's, like, he, he would always protect him, but yet he, like, he got, he got so pissed off at him. And, um, and one thing that I did not know was, um, was that uh, when uh, Hawk got released from WWE because of the, um, because of the drug issues, um, he tried to go over to Japan and um, and use the uh, the the Road Warriors gimmick. And um, Animal was so pissed off at him. And I, I didn't know about that. I knew about the uh, Hawk Warrior and uh, Power Warrior. I just did not know that uh, that was. Uh, I just did not know that uh, that was the that story behind that. But I uh, I knew about uh, Power Warrior. Yeah, well, and, uh, but before but before all this happened, it was it was it was very it was it was very interesting because they were talk they were talking about how just how uh, just how tough Hawk was and and everybody from the minute from the Minneapolis area at the time, uh, you know, being crazy like Kurt Hanning. Uh, Scott Norton, all, all those guys, but yet, um, yet uh, Hawk liked to punch himself in the face to condition himself to getting punched while he was a while he was a bouncer and a wrestler. Okay, like it was just ridiculous. Now, um, the one thing I really, really do not like is in two thousand five they took this. This big guy who's terrible in the ring named John Heidenreich and put him together with Warrior to with a Road Warrior animal to try and recreate the Road Warriors. Well, and I, I, I remember that and I, I hated it so much. That was disgusting. Well, I'm, I'm with you there, but the, but the other thing that was disgusting was, uh, was, um, and I, I remember this. It was interesting that they brought this up. But do you remember when they were they were bringing um, Hawk's personal issues into storyline? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was 1998. Yes. They had the Titan spot and stuff. I remember that episode of Raw. Yes. Like and even like I was like ten, nine or ten at the time, and even back then I was like. They really shouldn't be doing that. When when uh, draws push him off the Titantron, I I seriously thought like he was like a gone like uh, I like that was a how like because I didn't know everything that was going on there. Well, and that, obviously I didn't know it at the time, but like I just thought it, I just thought it was a fucked up thing to do. Yeah, you know. I'm like I'm like no no. As soon as draws push him off, I was like. I just like stood there like uh, stunned. 
Yeah, and but the but the thing is, like now now that I'm older and can look back at it and 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 use other examples, I really hate it when someone's personal issues are brought into storyline. Yep. I, I hate it when I hated it when they did it with Scott Hall. I've hated it every time they've done it with Jeff Hardy. I, I you know what I hated it every single time somebody had a personal issue and it was it was bought into to storyline to make it a, a tabloid bullshit thing. Um, and the the worst the worst incident of that was obviously with the Edge and Lita and, and Matt Hardy love triangle, uh, but it, it 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 especially when you're dealing with um, people on drugs and they really have uh, these these very pronounced issues. I just I don't like. To me, in wrestling, bit. There's a line between reality and like the presentation of 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 the product, and when it when it crosses that line in such an egregious fashion, it's just like okay, back the fuck off. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a trivia question to you. I didn't know this. Who was the who were the Road Warriors originally built around? Who was supposed to be their original leader. I, I don't know. The Road Warriors were apparently built around Jake Sake Roberts. Oh, I, did they mention that in the thing? Because I don't remember that. No, I just learned this this uh, this week. Uh, really, from... that that would have been an interesting combination. Yeah. Um. But you know, but uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, I think um, I think Jake Roberts was better as a solo act. And we already we we already talked about the first ever double turn in the WWF. Yeah, with uh, Honky Tonk Man and yes. uh, yeah. Jake the Saint Roberts. People think it was Alberto Del Rio and Adolf Ziggler. No, 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 no. And the second one, we already talked about the second one. Lead to, I mean, a demolition of the powers of pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Why would people think Alberto Del Rio and Ziggler were the first? Give me a second. <laughs> I don't know. Because people are so stupid. Um, of course, that doesn't include the listeners to this podcast. We understand that. That's the <laughs> line from George Carlin. But the rest of them, holy, jump and fucking shit balls. <laughs> that actually did come from George Carlin. So, anyway, um, the 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 other thing that really stuck out to me in terms of the emotion of the show was uh, when they were interviewing Hawks brothers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just really talking about the, the depth of his issues. And then the other sad part was it was at the very, uh, was at the very end when, when they were talking about how Hawk had really cl- cleaned himself up. You know, he, he had, he had married somebody that he really cared about. And, but yet, um, you know, his demons still caught up with him because the drugs weakened his heart to the point where he had a heart attack and died at 46. And it's just, 
to me, you know, that is, that is so sad, especially now that I'm a little bit older and, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near 46 at, the, at this point in time. But even, even in my early 30s, I, could, I couldn't imagine only having, you know, 15 years left. You know, so it 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 just it boggles my mind, like what a what a waste it is to to die that young. You know, but but I guess I guess back in, back in that kind of day, and and we and we see more and more examples of this in pro wrestling because the mortality rate in the, in that business is astronomical. But it, it it just it never ceases to amaze me because of the of the hard living lifestyle. Now I, I don't know if I don't know if it's quite the same these days, you know, with with the wellness policy being what it is. Um, but uh, it, it's just like wow, you know, because when you when you're young, you don't really think about that stuff, and then and then couple of years down the line you're like holy shit um so that that kind of got me a little bit um so but overall uh, you know i thought that this was one of the better episodes because i actually learned something i didn't know it, it wasn't a rehashing of a story i had already heard which um which has been the case in the majority of the dark side of the ring specials so. That's actually going to be uh, next week. The show is a story that we already heard many times. Yeah, but I, I'm still. I'm I still, still want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and um and it was very interesting because Chris Jericho uh, recently interviewed, uh, you know, Diana Hart, and you could you can tell I only listened to a little piece of it, but you can you can definitely tell that he. That she was still very, very bitter toward WWE. Diana Hart. Um, it, who, whoever owns what, or not Diana. Martha, Martha Hart. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Um, why did I? I knew that. Why did I say Diana? Anyway, um, but you can definitely still still see that Martha Hart was very bitter toward WWE and quite frankly for very good reason because because I don't know about you but like even all these years later I don't think the show should have gone on after that I would have just cut it off what do you think uh, yeah I guess um, uh, even if you have uh, angry fans yeah I would give everyone their money back and say like uh, there, there was a tragic accident, and the show is gonna have to. We're gonna have to end the show. Yeah. So I think I think if that had been handled differently, maybe the bitterness wouldn't have uh, lasted this long. Um, but you know, it's just when when you have a when you have a death like that, it, it's bound to happen uh, from time to time, I guess. Um. But yeah, in, in terms of um, in terms of this particular episode, I I really enjoyed it, and it was it was very it was very jarring how real and emotional it was. Now I, I know you know this. I know you know the answer to this question. 
The Road Warriors theme song. Uh, yeah, what a rush. I know. No. I said the Road Warriors, not the Eternal Doom. What do you what do you mean what do you mean what what do, about do, the do you know do you know what their theme song was? Uh no. Black Sabbath Iron Man. Oh, I didn't shit, I didn't even know that. Yep. That was their entrance theme. Uh you're you're quite the uh, wrestling encyclopedia. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they uh they couldn't um they couldn't get away with it these days. I was no. always uh, I was always surprised that ECW got away with using uh, mainstream uh, themes without getting hit with uh, copyright violations. Well, in uh, in 1985, the Dream Team, Bruce Beefy and Greg Valentine, their entrance theme was uh, "We Are the Champions" by Queen. And uh, I'm 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 guessing I'm guessing that WWE received a letter from uh, Freddie Mercury on that one. I I don't know. Like, and I know that Junkyard Dog's theme was another one bites the dust, <laughs> but they had to change that to the 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 other one he used afterwards, which was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So that's so, gonna um, that's gonna be a fun episode. The the entrance themes. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Um, when did you want to do that one? Uh whenever you want. Whenever you want. I'm good. Uh yeah, well we can probably do that um next week now that now that the paper you and all that's over with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll work. Like maybe a Friday night. That's this way you pull you away from SmackDown. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to torture yourself. Uh, and yeah, since sit there wanting to put poor bleach into your eyes. Yeah, we can do another uh we can do another bonus clip and then and then follow up uh just like we did with this show. Alright. Alright, now uh, um so is there anything else from Dark Side? Uh no. What what would you rank it out of ten? I think it's an eight point five. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, now we're going to move on to chapter one of the last ride of the Undertaker, is that what it's called? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. So this uh, Undertaker special that they began airing this past week on the network. Or, or, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, I think, I'm, I'm stupid, it was, it's called The Last Ride. Yeah. Yeah. Just, That's why I said last ride. Yeah. I just added up the Undertaker. Okay. So yeah. the last ride. All right. So this is the Undertaker special. They started airing last this past week. Um, I actually uh, really, really enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the 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 Undertaker was a character that's been so protected by the old school rules of you know pro wrestling like you know don't don't you know kayfabe you know don't break it and you know you know the secrets behind it i mean for years he never even went to the hall of fame uh you know just to protect the the character so it was but he said that um 
he decided to, to do it when they did it because, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't think he would have another opportunity. And what was interesting was that this first part was, um, was filmed back in, uh, 2017 because he, he really did think that, um, that his last match was going to be uh, with Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania uh, 33. That's why we saw him leave his um, hat, coat, and boots in the ring. Yeah. Now, um, Survivor Series 1990. Did you did you see that? Um. Yeah. I I saw I saw the Undertaker match. Yes. On the on the network, right? Yes. Yeah, I saw this uh, the night it aired. I was at my uh, neighbor's house across the street. And so, like, um, that day, we were all, we were all wondering, like, uh, who Ted DiBiase's uh, mystery partner was going to be, because no one knew. But I I already knew, because I, I had read it earlier that day at school, because the librarian, I was, like, friends with the librarian. Like, every Thursday, I would go into the library. I'd I'd give her like a quarter, right? For to and she would photocopy the wrestling column for me from the newspaper. <laughs> so she'd have all ready for me, and uh, like I look at it, and so I saw it that day. I saw that the Undertaker was going to be in Survivor Series that night. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes, <laughs> you you had all you had all sorts of connections. As, 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 as soon as I saw him come out, I was like. Like I just sat there, like because I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like. Well, thank, thank Christ he didn't come out of the egg. Right, but Fred, <laughs> I don't know. But I it, that was really weird putting him with brother love. Um. Well, yeah. yeah but as we um, as we discussed last night, uh, his um, his brother love son who appeared at Money in the Bank as the janitor was, yeah. was actually legitimately named after Kane. Yeah, Kane Pritchard. Yeah, and actually Undertaker's original name was supposed to be Kane the Undertaker. Look at you, you historian. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they I, I, already, I knew that. I, I was going to pull that one on you. Yeah. Well, you, you can't do it now, so there you go. See, I do know some things. Um, but, yeah, this um, this documentary was actually very, very – I was actually shocked how, um, how uh, th- thorough and um, just how revealing this documentary was. Um. So apparently, Mark Calloway is a real human being. We we discovered that he's not some sort of undead creature. Um, <laughs> obviously. Oh no! Um, sorry, you um, you were saying uh, you wonder about uh, chapter two that airs tomorrow night, May seventeenth. Oh yeah, well I'll definitely be be watching that. But so the. So the documentary starts, and um, and it starts with him getting getting off the the plane right before uh, WrestleMania uh, thirty three, and it 
But here's what was interesting. Like, he goes into the hotel, right, to check in. And who's right next to him but Roman Reigns? I right. <laughs> and like even and even the Undertaker, like you can't kayfabe it for ten minutes. <laughs> and like even the um, even even the people behind the desk were were laughing. Um. And um, so that was interesting. And then, of course, the the night before uh, WrestleMania, um. It was the uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, and then um, like before that, you know, they're him and uh, Roman Reigns are just like shooting the shit, and I I I found it very uh, surprising that they would even film that, just because of uh, just because of the match that was happening the next day. Um, so, so they they really did take the veil back on the Undertaker uh, character, but it was it was kind of nice, you know. the The old version of me, the younger version, would not have liked that because because I I was so uh, invested in the Undertaker character. So I, I'm glad that it's happening now, where it's like I'm I'm much older and I understand the the intricacies the intricacies of kayfabe versus non-kayfabe. Yep. Um, but one of, one of the things that w- was was really uh, surprising to me was just how, you know, insecure uh, The Undertaker was, you know, going into, um, going into um, WrestleMania 31 against Bray Wyatt and, like, um, you know, Triple H was coming out to him and being like, you're, you're, are you all right? You know, remember who the fuck you are. You know, you're the Undertaker, for God's sake. You know, yeah. you know, how, you know how to do this. Um, but he also, he also mentioned that, um, that, um, that match, despite his insecurities going in, that was actually the, the one that allowed him to get his confidence back. Um, for uh, 32 and uh, 33. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, speaking of uh, other WrestleManias, um, he, he said that I was, very, I was very interested because I wasn't sure. Um, I, I was, I, I'm still not sure what his motivation for not retiring was. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, he wanted to go out his own way and not look bad. He, he, cause he wasn't satisfied with, with the Roman Reigns match, but I would have anticipated him having more to say about the streak ending at WrestleMania 30 because, and then, so while I didn't, while I didn't get as much of that as I wanted in the actual documentary, um, he just did an interview with um, Ariel Helwani a couple of days ago. My, my brother was told me about this. I'm like, I'm like, and I thought he was talking about the one he did uh, the, when he was at UFC with uh, Brock Lesnar. He's like, no, this is a follow up. You're supposed to watch this stuff. Well, <laughs> well, on 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 that, on oh, my that, brother. On that point, I actually agree with him. But um, <laughs> but. Uh, 
So here, here's the thing. So I was expecting a much more in-depth thing about the streak ending. Um, but then uh, then he admitted to um, Helwani that he, he, he really didn't have an issue with it because it's the nature of the business and, and you know, that's how most of these things go. And, you know, you... Actually, I don't even know when this aired. When did it air, this one? Oh, the... The Helwani interview yeah, yeah, just, a, yeah. just a couple days ago. Oh, okay. It was on YouTube. Um, oh. But um, but yeah, he, he was saying how you know almost everybody was like, uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't really think that that's the way to go, and I agree with it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the. Um, the streak should have ended, but you know the Undertaker is just the ultimate professional, and he'll he'll do what whatever he feels is right for the business or whatever Vince wants. Um, but um, yeah, the whole documentary was just very um, very eye opening in terms of just the number of uh, injuries that he's had, you know, the hip problems. And I found it I found it interesting how um, he didn't remember anything about that Brock Lesnar match. Well, no, but, but what's interesting is um, you can kind of see that. Um, yeah, I because don't... he said he was a, there were, he had a concussion, but he didn't know at exactly what point it happened. Right, and like if I go back and watch the match, I don't think I could I could point it out, but at, like at some point. I kind of figured out while I was watching it that, um, you know, he was just out of it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't realize how out of it he was. And then, you know, because they showed, they showed uh, Vince McMahon coming back through the curtain after that. Um, and it's, it's like, we need some help out here. And the, uh, one of the medical people there uh, went up, went up to Taker, and he had this, like this happy, lost look on his face, like yeah, you know, hey, yeah, and, and, and the guy was like, oh boy, yeah. So then, then he um he went to the hospital, and then the first people there were uh, behind the ambulance were Brock and uh, Vince, mm-hmm. um, and. He, he Undertaker had said that um, <laughs> they have a shorter run, like that he was pissed off at at, um, at Vince for leaving WrestleMania, but he uh, but Vince didn't want to hear anything of it. Um, you know, but the the biggest thing that I took a, took away from this a documentary and and what really makes me look forward to um part two tomorrow was just he you know he really doesn't want to become a parody of himself like he's very concerned about you know those those like us that had seen him in his prime telling our kids yeah he's yeah he's not that good now but you should have seen him back in the day um and you know i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you you know the the um the previous last couple matches that I've seen the Undertaker in um were 
we're not that good, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, and um, and I, I, I myself is getting a little bit concerned about his his legacy uh, being tarnished. Kind of, kind of like I was concerned when uh, Ric Flair went to TNA. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, though, that, that guy, you can't believe anything he says. He said he was going to retire at, uh, after WrestleMania 24. No, he shows up in TNA, and he's still going. Well, because he needed the money. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I was I was very surprised how, how emotional and, and vulnerable The Undertaker was in this in this documentary. And I think, um, I think that, that uh, I think that that was really what um, is going to set this uh, this apart from other documentaries, because uh, typically WWE documentaries tell us a slightly behind the scenes story of a story we already know, but like when it comes to the Undertaker, we really we really don't know because other than his interview with um, Steve Austin. Yep. You know, we hadn't really seen that side of him. Right. Um, so that was very, that was very um, refreshing to see. Um, and just to see how much uh, Undertaker respects the business, you know, um, was, it, it was kind of, it was really cool. So, you know, I, I, I really, I really do hope that he, um, that he gets to go out in, in the way that he wants. Um, because, you know, I, at WrestleMania 33, like, I really did, um, I really did think he was done, and he did too. And I, but I actually, um, I was momentarily pissed off at him when he, when he came back talking about The Undertaker because, you know, I, I cried when I thought he was done. Like, I, you know that meant something to me. So it's like when he came back, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to cheapen himself. And, um, you know, that match with, with Goldberg was embarrassing. You know, the, the match, um, the, the other match he had, um, at, uh, Saudi Arabia as well with. Kane and Nuggets. Yeah. That one was just embarrassing. I, well, I thought equally as embarrassing as the one with Goldberg, to be quite frank. Um, and then, and then, of course, he had the uh, he had the um, the match at WrestleMania 36, the Boneyard match, which which actually that one restored my faith in the Undertaker, to tell you the truth. That one reminded me of why I why I loved him growing up. So. I if I had if I would have had my way, ultimately he would have been done after WrestleMania 30, uh, 33. I would really like him to be done after WrestleMania 36. Um, but but I guess he's the only one that can tell you when he's done. I just I just don't want him to damage his legacy. But this documentary was absolutely fantastic. But uh, but uh, he even said that one party said if. If that time comes, like when he doesn't feel like he can uh, go, like for Vince to let him know. Yeah, which which was which was part of which was part of the why I respected 
The Undertaker even more when I got done watching this. Um, so overall, one of, it was one of the better, um, one of the best documentaries I've I'd seen out of WWE, and I def I definitely wanna um, wanna see more of that, and I'm looking forward to part two on uh, on Saturday or on so tomorrow. I tomorrow. Should say. <laughs> yeah, I know we um, don't even know what date is anymore. Yeah, this uh, this quor this quarantine has me uh, completely uh, completely yeah. confused as to what day it is. <laughs> yep. it's it's like I, it it feels like I just woke up and already have to go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot of that um, while this quarantine was going on. I well, just uh, we're slowly starting to reopen stuff. My uh, brother said. Um, See, because like he called uh, from work earlier, like in the day, and he told us like they're starting to reopen construction. So he's uh, starting to get lining up jobs. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the hit that that he took, especially if your brother's in construction. So. Well, he's an electrician, right? But like, if uh, there's no construction, he can't work. Yeah. So um and uh me the libraries are still closed um but they sent an email out now like my um uh, coordinator sent it emailed it to me yesterday. Now they decide uh, oh we can uh, do like uh Zoom videos like this. I'm like well, why didn't you think about that like two months ago? <laughs> yeah. Well um you know and then. I just I was informed today that my gym was opening back up on uh, Wednesday, but I think between you and me, I think they're I think they're doing it um, before it's time because because um, when they were doing the uh, when they were updating the state home order for the state of Maryland, I. Um, Gyms were still listed as supposed to be being closed, but I'm 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 glad that they're reopening because you know I need to get back in the gym number one and number two you know my friends that work there they need to make money and this this shit just needs to end because see and um I was reading earlier because I was reading for the other from my other podcast on uh, Wednesday NJPW. They're not running any shows, and I'm actually going to redo the news because I actually copied it to my uh, clipboard. Right. This is what their update says. Let me just pull this up here. It says, NJPW president and CEO cites high infection rates in cities like Tokyo and calls empty arena shows an unnecessary risk. Furthermore, holding shows without fans under these circumstances would reflect badly on ourselves and on our industry. Well, well, and I, I wish, I wish that Vince McMahon had taken that approach because, um, you know, the, the <laughs> these empty arena shows have sucked. And I, I think mean, it, this guy said not opposed to running empty arena shows, but he's not going to do it unnecessarily. Well, and that's perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why Vince McMahon can't uh, follow that. 
Roger. Well, uh, because apparently he operates on a different plane of thought than we do. I, I don't know, but. Um, All right, so like you said, that doesn't for the Undertaker um, documentary. Uh, ben, what do you say we bring the show to a close for the week? Absolutely. All right, so what do we have lined up for next week? Well, we, besides the usual, we have um, we'll raw, the usual shows, and then we have Dark Side of the Ring with the One Hearts and Part Two of the Undertaker. And we, and we also have the. Um, the theme song uh, segment. Yes, that will be our, our bonus that, episode. That will be the bonus episode for Friday. Yes. And then we'll come back with our regularly scheduled material on Saturday. Yes, we'll save ourselves from SmackDown. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so suffice to say, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, I think you're going to start to see a few more bonus shows pop up. Uh, more frequently while this uh, while this quarantine is still in effect because it, you know it's it just gotten to the, to the point where I can't I can't watch SmackDown it, it, it's just uh, it's abysmal uh, and um, actually for two consecutive weeks now I haven't watched SmackDown and I was very happy about that fact <laughs> um, so uh, so you know because it's, it's just it's sad for me to see wrestling in its, its current state. It, it really is. This yeah. is not. This is not what I grew up with. This is not what I grew up loving. It's just. It's just not. It's terrible. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, for my co-host Ben Pierce. I'm Elio Canella. See, we'll talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. See ya, and thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, continue to stay safe, and we'll be sure to keep you entertained. And Ben, yeah, I hope your week is. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>